Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries of First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org. I joined the good mornings today. My name is Pastor Michelle Morris. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is a joy to celebrate with you, to rejoice, to join with Christians, people all over the world in praising the Lord. Today we are going to hear about the this little town and the big difference it can make. And we're going to frame that by, by listening to these words from Hebrews chapter 2, starting with verse 5. God didn't put the world that is coming, the world we're talking about, under the angel's control. Instead, someone declared somewhere, what is humanity that you think about them? Or what are the human beings that you care about them? For a while, you made them lower than angels. You crowned the human beings with glory and honor. You put everything under their control. When he puts everything under their control, he doesn't leave anything out of control. But right now, we don't see everything under their control yet. However, we do see the one who was made lower in order that the angels for a little while, in order, in order than the angels for a little while, it's Jesus. He's the one who is crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of his death. He suffered death so that he could taste death for everyone through God's grace. It was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. This is because the one who makes people holy and the people who are being made holy all come from one source. That is why Jesus isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters when he says, I will publicly announce your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the middle of the assembly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So per capita, Bentonville, Arkansas may be the most influential town in the world. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I'm going to do a little bit of math here and and think about influential towns. So let's think, first of all, Washington, D.C., right? Washington, D.C. has a population of 690,345 people. The U.S. population is 330 million. So that's 690,000 to a U.S. population of 330 million. And I know the U.S. government has more influence than the people that live here, but that's the majority of where their influence lies. Then there's Vatican City. If we're going to think of influential towns, Vatican City oversees 1.3 billion Catholics, and Vatican City is only 800 people. So that's quite a bit of influence, right, per person. Bentonville, Arkansas, has a population of roughly about 56,000 people. And every week, 220 million people shop at Walmart. Every week. So 
Vatican City probably beats us if you go at just by those numbers. Except for one thing. Catholics stay static. They don't gain a whole lot of Catholics. Some in any given year, but stays pretty static. So do the number of, of U.S. citizens, for instance. So Washington, D.C.'s influence stays static. 220 million people. The next week, it's a different 220 million people. Well, except for all of us that shop at Walmart like every day, right? You know, I mean, uh, obviously we're, we're, we're messing with statistics a little bit, but... Walmart itself, because it is global, because it is worldwide, and because it is tied to so many companies um, around the world, probably has a reach of about 5 billion people. So this town has the potential to reach 5 billion people, at least. Which means if we take the number of people that live in Bentonville and divide into the number into that 5 billion, that means every person in Bentonville has the potential to reach 91,000 people in this world. That's quite a bit of influence, wouldn't you say? Now, my own personal experience with the power and influence of this town came when I actually worked for Walmart. You may remember from uh, when I first got here that I talked about that I used to work for Store One. And I worked in Store One for Walmart Vacations. Um, it was when, it was the 90s, Walmart owned a travel agency. I was one of the travel agents. Um, and I got to experience how significant and powerful this town is. When Northwest Airlines contacted us to tell us that the schedule for one of their flights had changed, and that was going to impact a, a couple of customers that we had who had a vacation booked. So I called the customers and said, um, just want to let you know your flight time has changed and you're now going to be leaving out this time instead of that time. And the customer said, that's not going to work for us. Now, this was back in the day when Walmart really emphasized the customer was always right. I think they've kind of de-emphasized that a little bit and I, I support that move because honestly, sometimes the customer is a jerk. Um, but it's true. Um, but you know, this was the era that was, that was hard and fast. Customers always right. Customers got a complaint. You do everything you can to fix it. So I got on the phone with Northwest Airlines and said, all right, this, you've called us and let us know there's a flight change. Um, that's not going to work for our customers. So we need you to change it back. And they said, no, <laughs> no, and we're not going to do that. And I said, ah, but you are, you are going to do that. And they said, no, we don't change a whole flight schedule for two people. And I said, yeah, but you're gonna, you're gonna. And they said, no, that's not how this works. What makes you think that you can do that? And I said, I think I can do it because I'm Walmart and you're going to do it. And a few hours later, they called back and said, we've changed the flight schedule it is the original time it was booked. Y'all, I made $7.25 an hour. And I made an airline change their flight schedule. That's a lot of power. This passage that I just read from Hebrews tells us about power and influence. It talks about that. It says 
that power and influence was given to us as humans, that God didn't give it to the angels, but turned it over to humanity. And in fact, we're told that at the very beginning of the Bible, the very first commandment given to humanity is be fruitful and multiply, fill all the earth and have dominion over the fish and the birds and the animals and all creation. That is what we were designed for. We were made in the image of God to have power over creation. And that's echoed here in this passage from Hebrews. God also gave us free will. So now we have the, the ability to choose how we're going to use that power. So now we have a question. How do we use that power? And we've struggled with answering that. We haven't done the best. And so God sent Jesus to us. Jesus who had power above the angels. And set that aside. To come into our world and exercise the kind of power that we have. To be made into human, incarnated into this reality. To live in our dirt and our suffering, in our struggles and our heartaches, in our joys and our pains. To live among us and see what it's like and then show us. This is what it's like. I get this. I understand. I'm living this life alongside you, but here's how you do it better. How you exercise power is not in coercion, but in love. The kind of power that you should have, the kind of power that you should exercise is not selfishness, but selflessness. It's not for gain, but for generosity. It's not for accumulation, but for sacrifice. Jesus showed us how to sacrifice, how to live for others, how to give all for others, how to, how to take some of the suffering and pain away from others, even if it causes us some suffering and pain. To live for others in order to save others. Now, the kind of salvation that Jesus offers is for all of us and extends into eternity. But we are called to do what we can here to save people in practical ways, to live that kind of life for Jesus. And Jesus trusts us enough to do it, to call us, Brothers and sisters. That's a family relationship of equal status. We are the brothers and sisters of Christ. He showed us how to live and believes that we can do it. And believes enough to call us brothers and sisters. So I want to think about that math equation again and think about the fact that what if we put the power and influence of Bentonville with the family of Christ shown to love? That equation, Bentonville plus this family, is a power. A power of love that will shake the world. That will touch the world. That will free the world. 
Now, I know that there are skeptics out there that would might ask, can anything good come from Bentonville, right? Much like they ask, can anything good come from Nazareth? And I remember um, hearing the story whenever Crystal Bridges was being built, hearing the, the grumblings going on in places like New York. Why in the world would the Waltons take art to that backwoods town? And yet, that art has educated so many, has opened the minds of so many. And since I moved away in 2004 and now have moved back, this town has been transformed. The quality of life here is incredible. But even in the midst of great work, there is still some work to do. Not everything is under control yet, as we were told in the scriptures. There are still things that need to happen. But how do we figure out what those things are? Well, we do what Jesus did. We live in the space. We listen and we learn and we offer love. So my friends, over the next month, we're going to give you those tools to listen and to learn. This town, like every town, has been changed by the pandemic. And so we need to reacquaint ourselves with who we are. So we're going to do some things to help us do that. First, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, come up to the church, come to Heinz Hall, or go on Zoom. There's, there's links on Facebook. We'll show you how to get there. Go on Zoom and be part of our Mission Challenge Day. This is for anybody, any age. We say you want a team of about three to six, but if you show up as one person, we'll get you in a team. And in the Mission Challenge Day, we're going to show you steps that you can take to identify a need and then meet that need. So come join us from 4 to 5.30. We're going to have some fun. We're going to learn how to do that process. But then we're starting this series, Bentonville First. And every week, all through October, on Tuesdays at noon, there will be a webinar broadcast on our Facebook page that will deal with four parts of community life. This first week is nonprofits. The next week is local government. The next week is business. And the last week is education. There's going to be a panel of people from our community that are going to talk about what those four fields of life are like in Bentonville now. You can watch it at noon while you're eating lunch, or you can catch it later. It'll still be on our Facebook page. And learn about who we are now. And then we're going to preach on that the following Sunday. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because we hope to spark something in you. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. So we hope in this month you're going to have a spark of love for something in this town. And it's going to inspire you to do good deeds. And I think this church, this first United Methodist Church in Bentonville, is uniquely placed and uniquely formed to share that love of Christ. A very particular love. Because this church has a vision beyond its doors. This church has a vision to reach those who are far from home and who feel far from God. Those that that feel isolated and lost, we're going to reach out to them. We're going to hear them. We're going to listen for them. And then this church has a vision to welcome all. It does not matter who you are. You are loved and you should know Christ's love. 
And we're leaning into that and we're living into that. There's that expression, um, think global, act local. I think for this town and for this church, we need to think local because that will impact global. If we impact Bentonville first, the world follows. If we change lives in this town, we change lives around the world because of the influence of this town. If we teach a child in the elementary school across the street from here how to read, if we, if we walk alongside that child, and that child then makes connections in this town, maybe that child then has the ability to go on to college, and maybe because of that ability to go on to college, they go on to medical school, and maybe from medical school, they cure cancer. We think that that things are so small that we take just a small step, but we don't ever know what that small step may lead to. When we say here that all are welcome, when we put banners on the side of our church and then somebody else makes signs and put them all around town that say all are welcome also, and that starts to seep into people's brains, that impacts boardrooms, that impacts hiring practices, and maybe that gets people hired who wouldn't have been hired otherwise. And when we fight for affordable housing, We give people in this town an opportunity to get out of poverty because of the work they can then do and the contacts they can then make and the influence that they can then have. We can pull people out of poverty. We could be a town that has no poverty. We could be that town. We could be this people for the world. Because we are the people of Christ and we know we are called to that work and we know we are called to that love. And we have this town at our feet. We can change the world by changing this town. We are also, for those of you who remember gospel discipleship, a Lucan church. We're a Lucan denomination. And Lucan discipleship, the the words that Jesus gives to Lucans is this. Start here in Jerusalem. And go out to Judea and Samaria, then go to the ends of the world. My friends, this Lucan church can start in Jerusalem. We can start in Bentonville. And anything we do here goes to the ends of the earth. We don't even have to leave. And it goes to the ends of the earth. One of the ways I, I remember Lucan discipleship is it feels like when you drop a rock into a pond. Because it makes a little ripple here at the center, and then it ripples out, and then it ripples out, and then it ripples out, and it ripples out. Like a pebble, right? Dropped in water. Right? Ripples. It ripples out. Any act of love has those kinds of ripples. Any act of love goes farther than we think it will go. But my friends, the love of Christ, combined with the influence of this town, is not a pebble. It's a boulder. It's a brick. You drop it in the water, and the influence on the world 
We will flood the world with God's love. Amen. Thanks once again for joining us on The Gathering Podcast. Grace and peace, y'all. 